0: Warning, this episode contains some strong language. Listener discretion is advised. To Tales from the Trunk, reading the stories that did make it. I'm Hilary B. Bisnieks. Listeners, I am super excited to welcome back to the show Megan E. O'Keefe uh, because we haven't had a good old fashioned spaceship book on here in a while, <laughs> and Megan always delivers with those. Megan, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I always love being on here. So.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, uh it's it's been so long since we recorded together last. It feels utterly unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I was actually just looking at that the other day and I was like, hey, "Crap, it's been so long." Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: As we know, time is fake and also like Yes. I don't know. It feel it feels especially artificial that it's like I don't know, the last time I think anybody was on to talk about spaceship books. It was our good friend Valerie Valdez. And before that, uh, yeah, I don't great. think we'd talked spaceships since like KB Wagers was on. So like, oh,
1: yeah, Katie's also it's been great. A while.
0: But, uh, you know, you the, uh, the art direction that, uh, your publisher has been doing is fantastic in terms of, telling me exactly what I need to know, which is this book has spaceships in it and it's going to be good because it has Megan E. name <laughs> on the cover.
1: I was very and... spoiled by that cover. Um, <laughs> I, they didn't tell me who the artist was until they released the image. And then I was like, Oh my God, it's James Jones. Like they yeah. never miss. Like <laughs> it's excellent.
0: Uh, so without just saying spaceship books a million more times, which <laughs> I know I could, uh, we're here today to talk about your brand new book, The Blighted Stars, which is the first book of the Devoured Worlds trilogy. Is there anything that we need to know before we get into the reading?
1: Yeah, so this, uh, the reading's actually from a little bit onwards in the book. It's in the beginning of the third chapter. Um, So the context you sort of need for it is um, the the two protagonists, um, only one of which you'll see here, are on opposite sides of uh, a revolution, basically. Oh, we love to see um, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's a rev- revolutionary in action. Um, there's body printing in this world. Ooh. And our revolutionary is masquerading in the body of the bodyguard um, for the son of the sort of all oligarchy empire type situation. And they were going to this planet. It's um, called Sixth Cradle um, because mm-hmm. all of the worlds are sort of dying off um in this universe and six cradle well all of the cradles are supposed to be planets that are still uh functional for humanity mm-hmm. but uh, the family of the, the the sun that she's masquerading as the bodyguard for um has been mining these planets for a rare mineral that allows them to print into bodies build spaceships all that kind of stuff of course yep the planet seem to die shortly thereafter this mining takes place Oof. so she is used to work for the family turned against them is infiltrating to take them down and save the planets
0: fabulous yeah. we love to hear about it
1: <laughs> so all right um this so this is from the blinded stars coming out from orbit may 23rd the blue marble rushed toward her and it was wrong A thick blanket of atmosphere covered the cradle, swirled with fluffy clouds. Glistening blue seas swathed the planet, and that was correct, expected. But a cradle, this cradle, was supposed to be an Earth simulant. Green and lush and full of flora and fauna, but no people, not yet. Nera had been born on second cradle, and had lived through that planet's collapse. She'd seen the other cradles in footage, and in life, as she and the conservators tore through the last two mining fleets, rending them to quantum foam before they could drop their terrible payloads and erase the green. That green was what Naira protected, what she'd given up everything, everything to preserve. The sixth cradle was not green. A gray sheen draped the landmasses in funeral despair. The thin layer of shroud-lichen enveloping the world glinted, shining at certain angles, Green existed, she noted, with detached interest. It veined through the gray and dead things, whispered of growth and renewal. But knew the progress of planetary collapse syndrome, and when the shroud lichen was that advanced, the fight was already over. Those threads of green were not spring come anew. They were a last gasp, a desperate burst of life before the end. She had come to save this world, and it was already dead how and why were unhelpful questions when you were plummeting through an atmosphere at the terminal velocity of a shuttle's mass Mm -hmm. gaining speed as the ship jerked found an arc trajectory to the ground became ballistic Nera put all her stunned questions aside wrapped them up in a box to be opened later and focused on landing the shuttle you couldn't answer questions when you were a smear on the ground Hmm. Decreasing speed, Captain Payson said. Absolutely not. Hell, if this thing has any more kick in it, pour it on. Hmm. We don't have a damping system capable of withstanding Gs any stronger than we're taking, Exemplar. You want to live to see the ground. We have to slow this bitch down. Don't drop us before, 75% of max, Nera said. We need that speed to get clear of the Amaranth, which is... The ship that's exploding above them.
0: <laughs> which
1: she may or may not have blown up.
0: <laughs> Whoops.
1: What is the state of the projected debris field, the captain asked. First impact wave in 40 seconds, Naira said. Basin's hands danced through console's projections, switching power from the engines to the shields. The shuttle whined as it was forced to power down, but in Naira's HUD, the shields glowed a triumphant green. Impact, mm. Naira said. The shuttle rocked, green shields wilting away to yellow, a freckle of red. Her stomach lurched as the shuttle rolled sideways. She gripped the edges of the console podium to brace herself. Don't lose trajectory. What's wrong with the stabilizers? This is a shuttle, not a warship, Faison (laughs) snapped. Faison grabbed a smaller square of a menu and bunched it in her fist, then tossed it to Negra's console. The main controls for the stabilizers winked up at her. And the helpful letters that read AI guidance system were solidly read. The GUI designer had even put a neat strike through line across those letters for extra emphasis when shit went sideways. <laughs> in theory, Exemplar Lord Lockhart, the bodyguard she is masquerading as, could micromanage the stabilizer system with ease. In theory, she had the exact same training when she'd been an exemplar in her own right. But theory didn't do you a fuckload of good when you'd spent the last five years piloting raiding ships cobbled together from scrap out on the edges of society. The shuttle was so new, she didn't even recognize the layout of the stabilizers. A menu caught her eye, and she flicked aside the stabilizer controls, digging deep until she found a weapons panel. Weapons, she knew. (laughs) Shuttles didn't come with much, but this was a Mercator mission, and a sailor's Mercator was a paranoid bastard. She sunk her hands into the hollow display, taking direct physical control of the weapons, and targeted the largest chunks of the Amaranth, as denoted by her HUD. The weapons obliged, kicking to life with the joy that she might be projecting onto them, because it had been far too long since she'd gotten to fire weapons from a real ship. Most of her life had been bombs, hacking, and knives in the dark since she'd joined the Conservators. Mm-hmm. "'What do you think you're doing?' Payson asked. Taking care of our debris problem? Payson muttered under her breath as she worked. The reddish light of the warnings made the sweat on the captain's skin shine with pink diamonds. All the meekness Naira had picked up from her earlier burned away under the laser perfect precision of extreme focus. If Naira was going to die today, at least it would be due to her own incompetence. <laughs> A warning screamed in her hood, jerking her out of the flow state she had entered with the weapons. It took her a second to place the source. The red mass-impact warnings had been overshadowed by a pulsing purple light, a vast sheet of energy spreading the thick canopy above. Containment had broken on the warp core.
0: Hmm.
1: Warp explosion imminent, Nera said. Drop shields, drop us. Get as much air between us on that ship as you can. Basin's muttered litany switched to a long list of swears that Nera found strangely comforting. She gritted her teeth, dug her arms deep into the weapon's panel, and used every scrap of skill and quick-twitch reflex that the pathways along her skin would grant her to destroy the physical debris raining from above. It wasn't enough. The shuttle shot like an arrow through the atmosphere of Sixth cradle, jerking his small impacts, threatened to knock them off course, to break through their hull. The back end of the shuttle began to weave, a subtle fishtail that would slowly mount, until the shuttle plunged into a death spiral from which it couldn't recover. Brace, Payson said. Naira punched up a feed from one of their external cameras and pinned it to the top center of her display. She wanted to see it, wanted to watch that wave of death wash toward her. The amaranth had cracked like an egg, the black heart at its center, throwing off its shackles at last. Bits of the ship showered the land below, raining fire, as they burned up in the atmosphere. Though she couldn't see the damage done to the planet's surface, she could see its evidence. Thick, greasy smoke spiraled upwards, darkening the sky and making her view hazy, dreamlike. Light lensed at the internal edges of the ship, warping along a subtle curve, as the uncontained warp core opened its mouth for one last roar. A sphere of perfect light hovered above. For a fraction of a second, a moment, a vision so quick she could have told herself she imagined it later. The warp core seemed to stare into Nera to know her. And then it blinked out of existence. Woo <laughs> That's that's oh. their crash landing.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited.
1: <laughs> it was a fun one. It was really fun to write.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this yeah. uh this is taking all the boxes for me.
1: <laughs> so speaking of spaceships. <laughs> there mm-hmm. are many. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've been really uh my 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 brain has been deep into sci-fi sickness right now between oh, good uh, timing. Yeah. Between uh this and I just finished reading uh The Archive Undying by uh Emma Mieko Candon, which uh, Oh yeah, I've heard good things. Stick around next month, listeners. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alerts uh and also uh getting into the new season of friends at the table which uh they're doing their next sci-fi season right now so like fun yeah i am right there for this
1: <laughs> good good it's a lot of fun to write i said it's yeah. got you know it's got ai it's got contagion it's got all sorts <laughs> of cool stuff <laughs>
0: AI complementary, as opposed to the large language models that have yeah, been plaguing not um, us
1: machine recently. learning. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's actually no. The when awakening. AI is
0: fucked up in this, we like it as opposed yes. to <laughs> yeah. Um, so of of all the fun things that you got to write, uh, are there any parts? Because this is, of course, tales from the trunk. Are there mm-hmm. any parts that just didn't make it into this book that you don't think are going to be in the following two sequels? Because I know sometimes first book of the trilogy, you have to cut things, but you can put them in later.
1: It, for sure. Yeah. Um, so with this book, I actually ended up, um, after I turned it in, I, I was thinking about it and I was thinking about it. I, I just kept thinking, you know, the reveal, um, basically when the, you know, the, so-called prince of the the mining company, right, discovers that his bodyguard is actually his enemy. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought it came too soon. Uh, I'd wanted to move it later. And when I finally got to the point where I was having a call with my editor about it, um, she, you know, said all all the nice things, all the nice things. Then but, you know, I really think this might be a big change. We should maybe move the reveal. And I was like, hmm, you don't say. So, <laughs> um, it's always nice when you're sort of on the same, uh, mm-hmm. same wavelength like that. Um, so I ended up moving it substantially back um, after he was, you know, well and properly smitten with his bodyguard, got to push it mm-hmm. as far back as possible. Um, but it meant I had to move a few things around in the beginning. And there was one really good scene, um... really emotive scene, you know, I felt with, like, he was he'd been captured and he was really in trouble um, Mm -hmm. that I had to get rid of and it's a little sad because everybody likes, you know, a prince on his knees what's not like about that, right? (laughs) Um, But I was able to sort of get the feel of that again later in book two.
0: Nice. Fantastic. Well, it's, it's especially nice when you can cut one thing out but put it in even better later. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a better time for it later on. Yeah. And book book two actually comes out September, so you don't have to wait long oh, for nice.
0: it. <laughs> this yeah. is what I like. I, I, <laughs> I will admit I was, like, several, several years late on uh, the Imperial Ratch trilogy, mm-hmm. but it did mean that I didn't have to wait in between reading all of them.
1: Yeah, that, that is, is very nice. Yeah, yeah
0: as opposed to I got into that right at the same time I I went to the bookstore looking specifically for spaceship books and <laughs> I bought Ancillary Justice and then I bought this brand new book that had just come out was making some waves called Nine Fox Gambit. Hmm, yeah, I've and, heard of that. <laughs> yeah. It's a great book. I love it. Uh I had to had to wait a little while before the next one in that series came out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> these are um, they're done the third book is with my editor been with my editor so uh, (laughs) they they should be coming out fairly fairly quickly
0: fantastic uh well we love to hear that uh having having touched on some fun things already that are uh, forthcoming or had to be moved around without giving too much away do you have a favorite part that you can tell us from this book
1: uh, I mean, there's a couple. Like, it's hard to, you don't want to pick a favorite child, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like asking me to pick a favorite cat. That's not <laughs> a thing that exists. Um, there there are a couple. I'm going to cheat. Uh, so Do it. Please. I, I love, uh, we talked a little bit about the artificial intelligence. That was a lot of fun for me to write. Um, it's not, it, people listening to this happen to be familiar with Velocity Weapon and the Protector books. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a very different artificial intelligence uh, than Barrow was. Very different. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is awakening and coming into being actively on the page from its point of view. Oh. Um, which was just a lot of fun to write. And I got to nerd out a little about programming stuff. And like, mm-hmm. like, we'll see like what a, logic loops are evident in the text and how it's thinking <laughs> about things, right?
0: Um, I'll be looking for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was it was really fun to do um and there's just some i mean there's a lot of creepy things that i enjoyed and um some cute things regarding um so the the male protagonist is a geologist right Mm -hmm. and i just love rocks like i i think (laughs) they're really neat Uh, which is probably evident if anyone's read Mm -hmm. my scorched continent trilogy um and even in Velocity Weapon, there was like gratuitous descriptions of like, rocks <laughs> that probably didn't need to be there, but you have to indulge yourself sometimes. So. Yeah, I
0: remember talking about this.
1: Yeah, so uh, I actually get to have a geologist character this time around, um, and there was some fun things that I got to do with that, um, including him being mocked ruthlessly for licking a rock, so. <laughs> <laughs> which was always entertaining.
0: That's excellent. Oh, one of the Discord servers I'm on has a specific emote and a bot reaction for rock licking.
1: Oh, I think I need that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. I'll track it down. I'll send that to you after this. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um that's I love this for you. I'm I'm very excited whenever anybody gets to be like, yeah, special interest. I'm going to put that on the page yep
1: it's all in there occasionally my editor would be like can we trim this I'm like mm, we're gonna have to fight over that one <laughs>
0: fabulous
1: sorry this is uh actually I wrote these about when 2020 to 2021 um mm-hmm. and a few things were going on then so uh, just a couple just a few and my writing discords, everybody was talking about, um, we were calling it id fiction at the time. It was like, mm-hmm. just do whatever you can to like, get the good, crunchy stuff that you love. You know, grab it all and shove it in one box. Yep. Um. So that, that's what's going on there. It's like, you know what? I'm going to indulge. <laughs> yeah. Got my creepy AI, my creepy fungus, and cool rocks.
0: <laughs> I mean, I could say what more could you need, but... There's lots of other things on Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, but those are pretty near the top. Pretty
1: high up there, yeah, definitely, you know, at least in the point, that
0: area. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, obviously, coming out on uh, May the 22nd, we have The Blighted Stars. Is there anything else that you would like to uh, have our listeners know about? Maybe a standalone novella, Out with Orbit...
1: (laughs) funny that you should mention that. <laughs> uh, my last uh, release with Orbit is called The First Omega. Um, it's a really cool sort of android cyberpunk story um, that I like a lot. It's a novella. It's about 30,000 words, I think, somewhere in that range. It's It's digital only. Um, so unfortunately, you can only get it um, that way for now. But uh, it's one of my favorite things. It's kind of I don't Cormac McCarthy by way of Philip K. Dick, and it's nice. tone. like it's super gritty, Badlands. There's rocks. Now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it, actually, but <laughs> but it's it's fun. It's like cyberpunk. Yeah, fabulous. <laughs> Deadlands. I mean,
0: I always love a novella. Love being able to finish a book in a day.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I used to. It's always satisfying. Like, finish you know, the brand new Terry Pratchett in a day, but also I had oh, other God, yeah. Uh, I have a lot more obligations now than I did back then.
1: So. I used to mainline those too. Yeah. Yeah. It tricks you because there's no chapters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just you're like, oh there's no stopping point. So I guess there's, I want not There's no stopping. You just <laughs> yeah.
0: I would plan it out. My dad got it first because he's the one who got me into Pratchett. So he'd yeah. read it, and then the next day, I would set myself a nice early alarm, get up, make a cup of tea, plop myself down on the couch, read the whole book, get back up, realize I have a body and I need to take care of it, and then like Gosh, that's be really hangry yeah. and <laughs> you know make food or something. But oh. yeah, uh, speaking of of things that we love. Is there anything that you've been consuming recently that you're just super hyped up and want to tell our listeners about?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, To be perfectly honest, I've just been playing far too many video games for my own good. That's fair. Just Final Fantasy (laughs) XIV is what I've been playing, which needs no hype, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There's... Oh, uh, Andrea Stewart's... uh, it's just out today actually her the third book in her trilogy um the bone is it bone shard war is that the third one yeah sounds right yeah 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 oh it's so good
0: oh fantastic yeah
1: i've been andrea and i well we've been in a writing group together for like 10 years (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. i got to read those early and uh and help her play with plotting stuff and it's just it's so good i love those characters.
0: yeah andrea's great
1: Yeah, she's awesome.
0: Finally, before we get going, Megan, where can our listeners find you elsewhere on the internet?
1: Oh, yeah, I am on (laughs) Twitter. (laughs)
0: Probably
1: still Uh when this comes out. I don't know (laughs) what's going to happen there. Um, As Megan E. O'Keefe, I'm on Instagram, too, um, as the Megan Folio. And I am actually on Twitch, also as Megan E. O'Keefe, and if you're a very specific kind of person, I'm also <laughs> on GitHub.
0: I mean, um, I am a very specific kind of person, yes, so.
1: Yeah, well, my, most of my repos are not public, unfortunately, for now, yeah. but I, I am on GitHub as Tiny Moons dev, I think, if you would like to, I don't know, show me your... Uh, Oh gosh, I love state machines right now. That's kind of a (laughs) hyper-focus. Show me your state machines. (laughs) Why not?
0: This is just making me think, I know I have half-abandoned repos that I need to revisit right now. And we're we're getting close to it being fire season again, so I should probably finish making my little uh, just, like, sit-by-the-door... one-button air quality monitor box
1: oh that's a good idea yeah yeah uh,
0: uh maybe i'll post a link to that repo in the show notes as well but it's i you know got to yep. play with micropython a little bit use oh, fun. the uh there's a, a port of the request library which is really all you need and then sign up for uh the Purple Air developer account, they'll send you some API keys and you can get going.
1: Yeah, nice.
0: And from there it's just like I don't mostly I think I got hung up because I need to do hardware design at this point. Mm,
1: Yeah. Which is like takes a lot of brain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A lot of brain. And
0: like my 3D printer is is staring accusingly at me right now because it knows that I can actually do that. i just haven't
1: yeah (laughs) that's relatable
0: (laughs) yeah uh oh one one final thing uh fun little note before we get going a a treat for our listeners who uh maybe don't follow you religiously on twitter or (laughs) just like aren't in writing communities with you uh I'd love if you could say a little bit about your last uh, "Let Them Dare" game because that was fun oh, watching.
1: That was so much fun. Um, yeah, so for those who aren't familiar, "Let Them Dare" is like a—it's it, a challenge called a challenge called a game jam, where you make a game and I think it's at seventy-two hours. It's like it's a weekend. Yeah, it's right? a weekend. It's a weekend. Yeah, um, and you're supposed to do it from scratch. That's sort of in the spirit of things and. I hadn't done game dev in a little while, so I thought, what the heck, I'll do this when I saw it coming up. And I ended up making this 2D platformer, pixel art, completely from scratch, pixel art. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's this really fun little robot, and he's running around, and you're on a space station, and it, something has happened to the space station. I won't say exactly what yet, but <laughs> your job as your robot, you're supposed to take care of the plants, you know, that they mm-hmm. grow grow food there. And so you have to manage your water and power levels to keep the plant alive as you sort of fight your way to the surface to save the plant and yourself. Um, this was far too large of a project for <laughs> uh, 72 hours. Anyone who does game dev is probably shaking their head at me right now because I'm never going to get finished. Um uh, <laughs> But my goal there was to get the core mechanics in place and the, uh, you know, saving databases, back ending kind of stuff and yep. player controller type things. Um, no state machines, sadly. <laughs> should, I should fix that. But
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> plus, the robot is just a very good shape. Who does, like, yeah, he's, just he's, very he's... shaped little guy.
1: I think I really heavily imprinted on Johnny Five. Do you remember Mm -hmm. him from Short Circuit? And like Grippy from the Protectorate series kind of looks like him. Like this actual physical robot I made in high school kind of looks like him. (laughs) Um, And this robot definitely looks a bit like him. Um, So if if you like Grippy from the Protectorate, (laughs) it's very similar. (laughs) Um, It was a lot of fun. And I am still developing it, actually. I'm building out level three right now.
0: That's uh, excellent. I'm very excited to see your next update,
1: yeah. The first two levels are available for play on itch, actually. They're up there. fantastic, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> link to that also will be in the show notes, listeners, because uh, I know you're probably interested in that now too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of fun. yeah.
0: yeah. I'm so glad I remembered that because I've been thinking for like months like, hey, I need to bring this up when we actually podcast, but I didn't write that down or anything.
1: No. Who writes
0: things down?
1: Not me. It's just gone the second I think it most of the
0: time. (laughs) We're in a vibes-based economy right now, baby.
1: Yep. It's all vibes. No timelines.
0: (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Well, Megan, it's been so fun having you on the show once again.
1: Yeah, it's been a blast. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Uh... I am certain, especially given the pace that you write books at, that uh, we will have cause to have you on the show once again.
1: (laughs) Probably. There is a mysterious standalone uh, coming shortly, so...
0: Fantastic.
1: (laughs) More spaceships.
0: (laughs) Very good. You know what I like. (laughs) Tales from the Trunk is mixed and produced in beautiful Oakland, California. Our theme music is Paper Wings by Lillian Boyd. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com trunkcast. All patrons of the show now get a sticker and logo button, along with show outtakes and other content that can't be found anywhere else. You can find the show on Twitter, lol, at trunkcast, and I tweet at hbbisniex. If you like the show, consider taking a moment to rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. And remember, don't self-reject.